within the spiritual tradition of the church, there are many spiritual classics. Think of the Intro to Devout Life by Francis de Sales, The Way of Perfection by St. Teresa of Avila, or The Ascent of Mount Carmel by St. John of the Cross. But of all of the spiritual classics that have been produced, in regards to this parable, there's one that comes to mind, and it's the only spiritual classic that I know that has been caught on film. In this particular episode of the Gospel, and in this spiritual classic, there's this conversation happen, happening between a friar and a sister. And the friar describes his own work in the vineyard through kind of a bitter tone, although trying to express it positively. As you can imagine, these workers in the vineyard, in a very bitter tone, knowing that they've worked all this time, but are very envious of the people in the marketplace. The friar says to the sister in his own quarters, every morning I wake up at five o'clock, I cook some soup, it is the best, I love it. I go to sleep every night by myself, it is fantastic. This of course is the friar Nacho Libre. In the hit spiritual classic, Nacho Libre, where uh, Nacho, despises his monastic life and desires to be in the marketplace, so to speak, of the luchador lifestyle. And he goes always looking in envy towards this life and bitterness towards his religious life. Um, for those who do not know and did not grow up a millennial, not really brave, it's not a spiritual classic, it's a very stupid movie, but I thought I would avail myself of the opportunity. Uh, so don't be mistaken. Um, now, the problem still remains, though, that this gospel cuts into our hearts in a way that other gospels don't. That we be working in the vineyard all of our lives, and the Lord give us a reward, and then those who come into the vineyard later in life are given the same reward. And so it cuts into our hearts because perhaps we ask the question, why was I not given more? Or why were they given the same as me? And this is where Christ cuts into our hearts and reveals the envy that resides within us. And this is really what I want this homily to be about, is detecting and healing envy, and especially in the context of working in the Lord's vineyard. With envy, we have this kind of satanic disposition that lies within our hearts that says, if I'm going to be happy, then at least some others must be unhappy. If I'm going to be happy, then at least some others must be unhappy. That is the ugliness of envy. And it's seen here because the men who work from 9 a.m. until the close of the day are given what they agreed upon. They are not given any less. The denarii is not any cheaper for the men who showed up later in the day. But still, they feel as if they have to get ahead. Still, they feel as if for them to be happy, at least some others must be unhappy. And so, 
what is it with this mysterious and maybe for us enraging response from the master who says, my friend, I am not cheating you. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. There's something mysterious that I think needs to be broken down upon about this response from the master. First, notice that the master calls this man his friend. The real reward of working in the vineyard is that we are with the friend, that we are with the master. I think about my own childhood wanting rather to sit in the idleness of watching cartoons on Saturday, which was never a privilege that was given to me, um, rather than being brought into the vineyard of the family farm that we had right down the road, where as an eight-year-old, I was probably a useless laborer. But for that reason, it seemed like, what am I doing here? could be watching Tom and Jerry and all of the excitement that comes with that. But what was happening was not my dad looking just for cheap and effective labor, because while it may have been cheap, it was certainly ineffective. What he was trying to do was raise his sons so that they could share in his virtues and spend time with them. And that is exactly what is happening here, what is the real reward of the workers in the vineyard. Notice how impractical of a manager this lord of the vineyard is. He goes and he gets his initial work crew at 9 a.m. And then after that, he goes out again at noon. And then he goes out again at 3. He would have been so much more wise to just stay with that initial work crew, supervise them, and getting the most out of them, pay less of a wage. But rather, his motive is just to include as many people in the work as he can. Why? Because in including them into the work, he includes them in his friendship. And so it is with us, that God gives us a share in his cross, and we can be bitter about it. Or we can recognize that in giving us the share in the cross, we're coming to know him as his friend. The friend who suffered and died for us on that very same cross. And so, whenever this market owner goes out into the marketplace and sees the idle workers, what he's seeing is an opportunity for mercy. That God has saved us from darkness. He has saved us from idleness. That if we do not serve him, then we serve the prince of darkness in idleness. And so often, we can make an idol out of idleness. And that is because we do not yet embrace the love and the friendship that he has in store for us in the vineyard itself. The vineyard is its own reward. And so, whenever the master addresses this servant, calling him my friend, saying, did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. He shows the real darkness of envy. He shows the real darkness of envy. That if we desire to be happy 
only if others or are unhappy. When what God says to us is, take what is yours and go. You do not belong here. You do not belong with me. You do not belong with the other workers in the vineyard. Take what is yours. Take your gifts, take your talents, take the little bit of praise that you receive and go. Because any other goodness that I bestow on the other workers in this vineyard will drive you crazy. It will drive you mad. And so he offers those who come to work in his vineyard the free gift of being in relationship with him. If only they come into his work. But this lies then into like what is the real treasure here. How can we really get out of envy? And the mindset of envy is a mindset of poverty. That is, there's only so much to go around. There's only so much human praise. There's only so much affection. There's only so much, um, so much money, so on and so forth, that can obviously satisfy my heart. And so whenever the master asks them to come into the vineyard to be in relationship with him, what he's saying is, if you desire to have life, then you must lose it in the vineyard. If we desire the infinite love of God, then we must in turn love by working in the vineyard. So often we think of heaven as like I have to work hard here, put my nose down, and then God will reward me. But St. Catherine of Siena has this beautiful quote saying that uh, the way, since Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, the way to heaven is heaven. The way to heaven is heaven. Christ himself, in working in the vineyard, by joining, himself to his cro- joining ourselves to his cross, we already join ourselves to his resurrection, to his eternal life. That we must cherish simply being in friendship with him while going through the daily grind of what he has given us. Because by suffering, we know the suffering, that just an ounce of the suffering that he took on for love of us. And so that we know his love, which is eternal life, as John says. And so in conclusion, what does this disposition look like? To be able to escape envy and to joyfully work in the vineyard of the Lord, always wanting to bring others into his joy without being threatened by the gift of others. That disposition looks like what we heard in the second letter with St. Paul. Paul saying to the church, I do not know what I want. I'm torn. Whether I want to be dissolved with Christ, to be one with Christ, or whether I want to be with you so that Christ can be born within you. This is what the disposition of our hearts should look like. That Christ is the place, he is the one in whom I find my rest. But I also desire to make Christ known in his church. Because where I make Christ known in his church, I magnify him in his church. I know him more deeply. And so St. Paul is in this kind of tension. Not in a kind of tension that would lead him to say, I know not what to do. 
Should I remain on my couch or should I work for you so that you can be better people? For him, his rest is Christ. And because his rest in Christ, he finds true rest and even laboring in his vineyard.